0: Lincoln Hey everyone,
1: welcome to the OFD podcast. I am your host, Joshua Vols, site manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And tonight, the Triforce of Power is back in effect. Jude Seymour and Brad Wechter, fellas. uh, Dude, we are getting close to the season started. How are you guys doing tonight?
2: I got the butterflies going on. I've got to go purchase some athletic tape. Got to get taped up, you know, stretch out a little bit. Feeling good.
0: I have no idea who's going to win the Week Zero games, but I'm excited about watching every single one of
1: them. Every single moment of, of all of them, of all was it all two, uh, for for the FBS, and then they they're throwing in a couple of uh FCS.
0: Show me some D three action. I'll watch it. I'm I'm yeah. so hungry right now.
1: Yeah, let's. It's time to get at it. Uh, I'm I'm actually amazed at myself that I haven't wandered over to uh to some high school ball. I might do that tomorrow night. um They got it going on right now. So I, I'm I've been Jonesing. I, you, last year, you know, I was kind of dreading not dreading, but just the, what, what we do for, for one foot down. It's a, it's a heavy load and you kind of look at the season like, Oh boy, here we go. You know, you, you got to buckle up and get in and you know, you you go into a little bit and that's with Michigan as your big opponent, you know, which is be exciting this year. It's this weird start that we have and I'm ready to go. I mean, all of a sudden this week I'm just putting in, you know, college football fight song music. I'm, I'm ready to go. I am geared up. So Notre Dame just uh really just finished off their fall camp in summer uh and are st- and they're starting to get ready for Louisville. Immediate uh, day on Wednesday that was basically like Louisville practice. Uh and much to um to to our delight in a lot of ways is we learned a lot more about what the roster um what the depth chart may look like. Uh, against Louisville, so they yeah, had media days. Every coach got up there and talked. Chip Long's wearing like 15 layers of clothing, you know, there's a lot going on. Let me ask you guys, check Chip Long's neck gets
0: cold. Is that the yeah. deal he wears? I today? don't know.
1: I was, I just want to ask you guys, what is up with Chip Long? Like, I have not seen him, I think, without a turtleneck. And then he was wearing a turtleneck, a polo, he hails and from a, Alabama, and a short, right? And a short sleeve
0: hoodie. He's from Alabama, right? The South. Yeah, he's from Alabama, right? So maybe so, he's just not accustomed to the Indiana weather, fall weather.
2: I mean, I, I I don't know. I think I mean, he's just. I think he's taking that cousin Eddie look to the next level. Like he's got the dicky <laughs> on, and then another another collar, and another. I
1: mean, that's what it looks like, man. It look, it look, it looks like he's wearing a dicky. Inception of collars. Yeah. The funny thing is, I actually know a person. Who looks like exactly like Chip Long? Like they could be they could be twins. And I would peg him for wearing that same kind of outfit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that would not shock me if I saw him and he was wearing something like that. I'd be like, yeah, you know, that's what he wears. <laughs> I don't know. So one of the big things that we learned, fellas, is that yeah, you know, it's probably gonna be Drew White, Asmar Belial, and Jeremiah Wosu starting at linebackers exactly how we all thought. (laughs) Um, But I I just, I, I find it interesting because when, when spring ball first started from the, from the opening day press conferences, that first little stretch they had before that, before the break, before drew white tore up a shoulder uh, snowboarding, whatever he was doing. um, It was that like, it was exactly that. So to, you know what what do you guys think that says i mean does is it drew white because I mean look drew White was a huge surprise to everybody against navy, right like mm-hmm. there's a lot of fans, there's even some media members who are scrambling to their roster looking up number forty you know when he when he was out there on the field um do you Do you guys like what this says uh, that that they're going the what it looks like is they're basically going with what they originally thought in spring, or are you disappointed that somebody else hasn't, you know, one or two players haven't stepped up to take the starting roles. Go ahead,
2: Jude.
0: I I just, you know, uh, there was a lot of, uh, slobbering over Shane Simon when he, uh, when he was signed. Um, I, I just, I thought that maybe, uh we would hear his name a little bit more i look I, it doesn't matter to me who the if, if the i trust the coaches implicitly so if these are the three best or these are the ones that are that work well together then then um uh, you know it is what it is but i just i guess i was a little surprised that nobody else stepped up and really challenged for the role because it felt like it was a, every day we were hearing a new sort of combination and for it to end up sort of the place where it began is a little surprising i would say
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I think the other – you mentioned trusting the coaching staff implicitly. I think that's sort of what I'm leaning on because, I mean, how many times over the past – ever since Van Gorder have we had question marks on defense, and the current staff and the one right before it have really – done a great job of answering those questions like i mean two years ago i wouldn't have told you tivon coney would have become what he became or to a to a lesser extent but similarly uh drew tranquil so i'm looking at and i i know this is an unpopular opinion you guys make fun of me for it all the time but as mere balal i think he's going to take that step and at the end of the season when he's one of the best defensive players you can all you know tell me how right i was but at the (laughs) same time i think i think that's that's the sort of transformation that I would like to see. And I think we might just see, and I kind of have faith in taking place when it comes to Notre Dame's uh, linebackers this year, just across the board.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would love to see that. I would, I would love, Bilal has all the athleticism. It, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a weird thing with Asmar, but this being a senior year, it's not like it's, you know, it's unheard of to see, to see a guy step up his final year and you know, and play lights out. It it just moving him from the position that he's been at this entire time to a different position it is a little bit, you know, it makes you take a little bit of a pause. But
2: sure, you I, go with uh, your analytical. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't think it's outside of the realm. I th- I think well, I'll stick with it, it my gut. definitely be. I'll stick with my gut. You go with the analytics. It's okay. Fine. Okay. Okay. I <laughs> like. I think. You know. Look. And Shane Simon,
1: uh, Judy brought him up. It, it was reported that, you know, that he was strongly as the number two Mike uh, behind Drew White. So, you know, I think maybe the Drew White thing, in a way, was, was it a blessing in disguise? the injury? Because you got to use so many. I mean, they're probably going to do it anyways to, to rotate as many guys in as they, they they wanted to see what they had. I mean, you just don't lose guys like Coney and Tranquil and just plug guys in. You know, there, there's going to be, you have all these linebackers you recruited you need to find your best combo. And I think that they think that they found it with white and Bilal and with, uh, with woo. So I'm actually more excited. I'm really excited to see what they bring, what they bring to the table out there. Um, And, and I'm equally excited to see what they do rotation wise. I still firmly believe they're going to, there's going to be guys going in and out. In fact, Clark Lee and Brian Kelly had both said that on Wednesday. So
0: yeah, it seems like there's still a role for Jack Kaiser. I, I think that was somebody that they talked about during the um, the press availability, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, Ky- yes and no. I mean, Kaiser plays Rover, and I think of the three spots, I think the guy that has the most locked down is is Woo at Rover. Um, but that's not to say that he's not going to need a breather. <laughs> you know, I, nobody well, wants no nobody <laughs> really wants what we had last year. I was
0: going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were they were adamant about the fact that they weren't going to play the Coney type game.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you're absolutely right. So, you know, the, the number two on the depth chart for the linebackers is, as probably as important as anywhere else on the, along the roster as a number two, you know, probably them and them and that corner. So let's just, let's segue right on into that to the corner that, uh, it kind of looks like it, like Sean Crawford. Sean Crawford has kind of took over that spot opposite of Troy Pride. Troy Pride is going to play uh, the boundary, which moves him over from where he was at previously over the field. Um, and we we've talked so much about this in, the, in this whole offseason about boundary co- boundary field, left right, what they're going to do, and look, it's probably just going to be a bigger mix this year. But it seems like Sean Crawford has, has kind of took over that spot. And on top of that is also one of their better safety options going off the bench. Uh you Jude, you got any any comment, any commentary on that? This,
0: this one surprises me even more than the linebackers. Um I I really expected to see Dante Vaughn here. Um I, I am it just you know, if there's an inspirational movie to be written about a football player overcoming adversity, I think Sean Crawford certainly uh, fits the bill. And if, and I'm obviously hopeful that he has a great season. And I have very fond memories of him uh, punching the ball out uh, to against Michigan State and really turning the tide of that game or whatever. So uh, I know Sean Crawford could be a difference maker. And as a guy who's five eight and three quarters myself, uh, I love his. Uh, I love the fact that he plays. Uh, taller than he actually is, um, and he's and he's quick despite the uh, the multiple injuries to his legs. Um, but I'm I'm actually really surprised to hear that. So
1: now Vaughn was uh he's he's been banged up like the last two weeks. So Vaughn's got a lot less work too. So it, it, I think it's kind of hard to to know. But that's but the, if you can't play, it doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm with you on that. I I, I just, I don't know if Bracey's right. Re- I don't know. I, I know, like, Tim Priester is really high on, on Tariq Bracey. Like, of of all the media members, I think Bracey's name goes out of Priester's mouth the most. And actually, Priester threw a pretty, kind of a hard diss towards Vaughn uh, recently when he said he he didn't really buy that Vaughn was, was with those receivers against Clemson, like, like, like it wasn't good coverage. I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. When you, when you're hip to hip with somebody, that's good coverage. If you didn't make the play on the ball, that's one thing, but you can't say they weren't with them. But anyways,
2: uh, or you get a hand on the ball and the guy catches it anyway. Yeah. I mean,
1: I don't know. I, I was, I've been way, I was way less critical of Dante Vaughn, um, after that game than a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people wanted to throw him up to the Gary gray, um, you know graveyard that's completely unfair that right was. It, it, it was, but that's exactly what people were doing and, I mean I, I understand it, I get it, I get why, but to me, there was a lot of things going on if you just if you logically sit sit down and and watch the film and watch it, it wasn't like the pit game with Dante Vaughn where I mean he couldn't play at all, he was playing like like shit that game, so I don't know I, I think that much much like linebacker, I think that they've answered a lot of the questions. I, I think you're gonna see, it's Crawford and Pride, you know, and then you're gonna in the back end you're gonna have Gilman and and uh, Elliott, and then it really boils down to Heisman candidate, Cal Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I mean I. I guess I. I guess. Sorry, did somebody like, like Greg on this podcast? That's a very. Oh, Greg. Man, man, Greg will just go on a tangent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I think he's a month ago,
0: this poor kid has has gotten so much. I mean, what? Fifth, the the rumor is now that he had fifteen interceptions during practices, and we've had what fifteen, seven, six, sixteen
1: practices. Yeah, he's been a beast. He's uh, been an absolute beast. But that I think uh, the media saw a certain amount, but then Brady Quinn had said like, "No, somebody told me that it, you know." it was also this number, which was extremely high. So I think like a month ago, I was thinking that Kyle Hamilton would be brought along kind of like in the Brian Kelly fashion of kind of slowly. Um, now there's been guys, there's been freshmen that they've thrown, that they've had to use and play right away, you know, but it seems like the, a lot of like the, the five-star guys have been kind of brought along a little bit slow, slower. I just don't know if that's going to happen with Kyle. Hamilton. I, like, think gonna, I think like, he's going to, I think he's going to be a big part of what they do when they take the field against Louisville, like in the in your nickel and dime packages.
0: Are you referring to Danny Spahn starting over Jalen Smith, his freshman year?
1: <laughs> Perhaps uh, that, that uh, definitely could. Yeah. I mean, and then you, you look back to, uh was it to and Lynch's freshman year. Uh, and basically half the questions after the Michigan game were, why weren't you playing to and Lynch? You know, I mean, you know, then you play them like two weeks later, and they're out there just mauling people, and then you didn't answer any, you didn't answer any questions. You just made what you did against Michigan even worse,
0: more perplexing.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you know, like what the hell? Uh, That you know that was well Lynch's freshman year was a Michigan State game. You know when he just lit Sparty up, and you're like, you know, he could have done this in Ann Arbor, but uh, you chose not to. So. We've seen that. And so I kind of expected Hamilton almost to follow a little bit of that same path, but I just don't think that's going to be the case now. I think he's shown himself, proved himself. Kelly finally talked, you know, in good you know, stopped pretending that he didn't notice Hamilton at practice. And (laughs) I think you can pretty much squarely put him, he's going to be in the nickel package and the dime. I just, they haven't said it, but you just can see that that's what's going to happen. So I mean, that's that's our two biggest ones from the spring, right? From spring yeah. moving forward, was a linebacker and corner, and
0: in the in the, well, in the injuries to the wide receiving core. Sure.
1: Oh, oh, we're getting we're getting to that. But yes, again, our, but, I, our, but, our, but our two biggest questions going in was a linebacker that was that what we're gonna do with that other corner spot, right?
0: I would say the kicking game was also up there for me, but I don't know, maybe not everybody else. So,
1: well, I mean, question that was a question: is 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 it going to be any good? But I think as far as Who was going to do it? You know, I was completely wrong. I mean, I I think I was wrong with Dante Vaughn now, you know, looking at it. And I thought the freshman lacrosse bro kicker was going to come in and and take the job. Jonathan Doerr apparently has stepped up to the mic and he's laid down a battle rap that no one can, you know, no one can can, can contend with, Uh, which is great. I mean, that's awesome. I don't care who it is. Just, Just put the damn ball through the uprights, right?
0: Results and the reports have been very positive about Jay Bramblet, the uh, freshman punter, too, as well. So a lot of hang time. A lot of hang time. Yeah,
1: that's what you hear about with Bramblet the most. Won't be these booming sixty yarders, um, but consistently puts up a punt with a shit ton of hang time, and that's cool with me. Just don't shank it. (laughs) Don't don't, shake. Don't line drive.
0: Versus Clemson, two thousand fifteen. Oh man, you know. So. that 21 year, one, one yards out of bounds, like, <sighs> uh, oh, just awful. Yeah, it's that was... You'll afford to do it, you know? Yeah, let's
1: not talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> 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 we're, we're on the dawn of a new season here. I, I wrote about a oh, lot God.
0: of interceptions. I've seen a lot of miscues. So yeah.
1: So, <laughs> but speaking of, uh, uh, of some down things, obviously, we're not getting out of camp healthy. Um, and unfortunately two of our biggest weapons, um, on offense. And I will include Michael Young as a big weapon on offense because he's a starting wide receiver and he had a good spring and a really good fall camp broke his collarbone, tied in Colcomet, broke his collarbone. Now there's all sorts of different things that they are forced to do. Um, Colcomet though, according to Ryan Kelly, he's already catching passes. So maybe yeah. he,
0: so I I heard him say that, but I also saw somebody on Twitter, and I don't know how reliable this is, so maybe I'm just spitballing here, but somebody said, yeah, Michael Floyd was doing that after he broke his collarbone like a week after or two weeks after, and it still took him seven more weeks to get back. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. So who's to say? And look, Brian Kelly talking about an injury should never, ever.
0: So always add two weeks. Always yeah, add two weeks.
1: Always. It's the Brian Kelly curve on the injury. So you should never take what Brian Kelly says with it. and. I, I don't know if he does it on purpose because he, you know, coaches don't like answering injury questions. You know, they aren't doctors, but they don't want to be up. They're not up there to talk about the human body in that sense. So I I think he just kind of like throws the same answers out that he's used to over these, you know, know, 30 years of coaching. He he always
0: hedges the wrong way. Like wouldn't you hedge more conservatively? Wouldn't you be like, yeah, I think we're expecting him back for the bye week before Michigan. And then if he comes back for like Georgia, you're just like, yep, he's great.
1: I think I know, I, th- I like the way he does it. I think it keeps everybody on your toes. I think to me, it's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, because,
1: it is- it's, because it's the same. It's, it's consistently the same,
0: right? So I, I just want to I want to put this towards uh, take it outside of football for a second. And Brad, you're really not going to be able to speak to this. But I think Josh can uh, when you tell your wife. You're gonna be home at six o'clock, and you show up at five thirty. She's excited when you tell your wife you're, you're gonna show up at five, and you show up at five thirty. She's pissed. So why didn't you just get have her get mad up front about the fact that you said six, but then be pleasantly surprised when you say when you show up at five thirty? Am I correct?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe my wife's. I mean, maybe she's you know she needs that extra time to freshen up the house before her boyfriend gets out of the house. I mean, I don't oh. know. I mean. <laughs> no my wife hates it when people show up like, like it wouldn't matter if it was me or anybody else but we'd like throw a birthday party for the kids or whatnot and we say one o'clock and yet family starts showing up like at twelve fifteen. she wants to freaking kill them she wants to break out the birthday about, like, knife and the stab kid, them
0: the kids are being crazy she needs you at home and you're like honey work's getting. I'm, I'm slammed at work i'm gonna be home at six and she's pissed off up, up front about it. And then you show up at five 30 and she's like really happy because she like mentally prepared herself for you coming home at six. And now you're here at five 30 to help her.
1: See, no, I can't relate because my wife, when she's in that, when she's in that pissed off, upset mode, it, I could give her like a gift bag of like five Kate Spade purses, a brand new car in the car, in the parking lot and name, whatever. She's still in that mode. It doesn't okay. matter if I show up early, late gifts, she she already got there. Now all you can do is just wait it out.
0: <laughs> I, I I stand down then. Uh, I, I, <laughs>
1: but scared, I know I but but it's horrible. But so I know enough. I know wives exactly what you're talking about. My wife is of a different. She's cut from a different cloth. Her Polish Irish blood, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> so it would it, no, it wouldn't matter. But I get what you're saying. But with Brian Kelly, I. I just think that he this is what he says and what he's done over all this time as a coach. And so it should just be expected.
2: And hey Brad, come home whenever. Nobody cares.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I got no comment on that. (laughs) Other than that'd be nice. (laughs) No,
2: so it's too good.
1: But with so with Michael Young out. it's a little more interesting because now the sophomore wide receivers that fans have been just pining for, uh, since the Clemson game, because, yeah. you know, we got some speed in the sophomore class. And so everyone thinks that, you know, as long as you can run fast, you're, you're supposed to be a really good, you could be a good receiver. No matter, no matter what like Chris Vicky should be out in the field, right? You know, not the senior shouldn't be because, because Braden Lindsay's faster. So why you guys know, you guys know the nonsense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think Greg, Greg sold me on Lawrence Keys back in April, and now I'm just actually really, really excited to see uh, Lawrence Keys. And I also think it's kind of interesting that Javon McKinley's, uh, you know, career arc from uh, hopelessly lost in the depth chart, uh, major drinking incident when he was not 21, and now he actually has a he has a chance to maybe get his first catch uh, in in Young's absence. So I think that's kind of interesting too.
1: Yeah, the thing with the thing with McKinley though is too is he 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 backs up Claypool really. Um, So as far as like this whole shift with Michael Young being out, like they they use they put they would put Fink out, um, out on the outside and and keys on the inside, and they would actually then they would flip them around, have keys on the out and Fink on the inside. So you can't have McKinley on the outside and Fink on the inside. I, I didn't say that you can't. I'm just saying that they haven't. I mean, it, it's a it's a different position. You are doing different things. It's it's a lot like the boundary and field corner. The the way Notre Dame runs their wide receivers. So basically, Claypool is your boundary wide receiver, and that's where they have McKinley um, kind of slotted as. I, I, I you know, by all means, you could probably you know you could shift that around, but uh, but that's not the way they did it. Plus, McKinley had been on a bike uh, last week too for a little bit, so he's in a a little bit. He's in a spot where he really could work himself into some serious playing time if he could stay freaking healthy, Uh, (laughs) but he just hasn't hasn't quite done that yet. Especially with Kevin Austin getting the four game silent treatment. Mm -hmm. So it's, but I am excited to see Lawrence Keys. Like, I'm really excited to see him. Like, I, I want to I see him out in a game, see, see, what, the, see what he can do out there. Yeah, you know, never you. know what these guys are going to do until they're really out there. Practice okay, with, be
2: damned. I'm with you guys on that one. That's, that's a name that I think that was the first name I thought of when I heard about, you know, uh, Michael Young's injury and, and what's going on with Kevin Austin. I was like, you know, let's, let's, see, what, let's see what Lawrence Keys can do. Like, that's, that's, I don't know. I mean, kind of exciting. Yeah,
1: and I think Louisville's an opponent. You can, you, you, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing them platoon in a couple of different guys, you know. I mean, throw in Lindsay. I mean, shit, it worked for Tate, right?
2: Yeah. In 07,
1: well, we were in 07, we were horrible, but and Tate, the only thing he knew was how to run. And, but I think with Brian Kelly's point, you know, he said that, you know, that's great and all, but you really like it. So the defender, has to think that maybe he's going to do this instead and then he can go over i mean i I get i get what they're trying to do you know trying to do with lindsey and but at some point
2: you just got to say you know what get out there and freaking run well that's another point i was going to make when we were talking about the defense too is unlike last year we've got two games before georgia we don't we don't open up with michigan we've got louisville and then we've got new mexico in which you can try some of this stuff out you can maybe figure some of it out i mean you don't want to end up with another Brandon Wimbush experiment where you're only beating ball state by a couple of points. But I think, I think there's a little bit of leeway and some time to figure this stuff out before we really go to Georgia and have our first test of the year.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, really that's, it is what it is. I mean, all that, I mean, Phil Jerkovic, Jerkovic's doing a lot better. Kovic. Jerkovic is doing a lot better.
0: Disrespectful.
1: (laughs) until, just like, oh, nope. That's like that,
0: that, I let you get away with Finky, but I draw the line at Jerkovic. I'm sorry, you're calling him. You, a jerk. No, no.
1: How does that happen? How do you let me say Finky as a senior captain, and
2: but yet draw the line I, with Jerkovic? Look, I thought I Finky was a term of endearment. I
0: yeah, it's it's. I don't. I look, it's it's hypocritical. I don't know. It just it just sounds cute. I don't know. I I, think, I like it Finky I mean, and
2: Casey out there.
1: I don't know. It's Thiesman Theisman. <laughs> <laughs> Thiesman Thysman. <laughs> so, but no, Phil's out there and he's he's doing well. I mean he the, the crap we saw against the in the uh, spring and really to start off all camp, a lot of that's gone away. And uh, one media member said that you know, it's not like every time he throws a ball now, everyone's kind of like holding their breath to see how it looks. I and mean, that's, I guess that's where a boiled down to was, was like, Oh God. Um, So now it looks like a viable option that, you know, to be your back, he is your backup. So <laughs> you're hoping that he could be the viable option. And he seems to have been that. So that I, to me, that's as, that's a, that's like a non-story. That's great news. You know, that's, that's, a little bit of insurance on there. You're going to see him play this. Um, but just, you know, Ian books injury last year, has you thinking, you know, it like, look, these, he can get hurt the way he plays. Um, and I remember, I remember the exact play that he got hurt against Northwestern. Um, and you're thinking, Oh God, is he going to be out for, is he going to be able to play the rest of the game? And he did. And then they're like, well, you know, he's going to take, take a week off. Um, but, uh, I'm excited that Phil is getting some good press. (laughs) Let
0: me, let me double back to the, the wide receivers for a second. Do you think that this changes your opinion about whether or not they can beat Georgia?
1: Um, no, uh, not really. I think, I think they have enough offensively to do it. Um, anyways, uh, it's, but my my biggest concern was was actually at linebacker for Jordan. and I'm in a better place now with with where they at linebacker than I was a week or two ago um but I wouldn't say that my you know maybe that evened out a little bit um but i i i, I think they'll be fine I mean, when Pete Sampson is comparing Chase Claypool to Michael Floyd and oh
0: my God, yeah, no. and
1: totally meaning it.
0: Totally, like, I know. I just this, There's no way that guy has a Michael Floyd season. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'll stake I'll stake money on that. So, and and it doesn't even seem like a. All strategy. I'm
1: saying is is that when someone says something, when someone in that kind of spot says something like that, I get it. And he, I take a little bit of notice because he's not. Look, it's not me out there saying that. All right, and it's not job, And Pete
0: Sampson's job to puff up Chase Claypool. I get that, but right. The Michael Floyd thing. I mean,
1: just so that that makes me think a little bit uh, makes me think a little bit. Now, he was kind of talked down by 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 the Tims a little bit about that. Right. Not that he stood down from his position, but, you know, they weren't exactly in line with that. But I think everyone believes that Chase Claypool is going to have a great. There's a lot of people that think, think that he's ready to have a great season. And I believe that. So if he can be anywhere near what Floyd was, that's great. I think. You know, Fink Finky is gonna have. I think he's gonna have a great season himself. I think I think they have enough pieces on offense to to put up some points. Is it gonna be the forty point monster that that we had hoped? Maybe not. Um, but I mean, it, there's just it really boils down to the offensive line, not, and not really just can you run the football, but can you hold the point of attack? Can you can you protect book? To make these to make these throws, I mean it's it, it all is going to boil down to the, how that unit's working, and it's been up and down um, throughout camp for these guys. You know, it's been good stuff. There's been bad stuff. There's been good stuff. There's been bad stuff. So, how, what's that say? I, I don't know. They're going up against some pretty good guys on Notre Dame's defense. So, you know, you're not gonna, We're not going to really know. I want to see absolute mauling against Louisville. Like those guys should be able to, and especially this season. I mean, Sam Husper was a good center, but he wasn't the most physically imposing player out there. Jarrett Patterson is a monster, and he's young. I get that. But he's a much more of a physical presence out there on that line. I want to see Notre Dame be able to run between the tackles with authority against an opponent like Louisville. I mean, I we I think we're we all wish we had the the home run I hitter.
0: I think they're definitely going to start try to establish it that way.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, we all want our home run. We love Josh Adams, Dexter Williams, uh, you know, CJ Prossites. Those runs were great. We don't have that this year exactly. I mean, maybe maybe Jafar makes us all look stupid, and he's just rattling off sixty yard. He's faster than Dexter in a forty yard dash. I, I'll I'm pretty I'm pretty positive. So. I guess it's possible, but I think what they want to do is pound that damn thing inside against a lot of these opponents. So just gonna, you're gonna have to see it. It's gonna boil down to Patterson, Kramer, and Banks. You know, in the middle of that line, and that that's been the the bigger issue throughout camp.
0: Are we still pumped
1: for the season? <laughs> I don't. I don't think
0: the injuries have have dampened my enthusiasm at all. I I never thought that they were going to be a forty point team. Um, I I just I think they're going to be a very very good offense, and and uh, I I'm, I'm still very very excited. I I'm I'm even though I predicted a three loss season, I, I I'm hope to, hopeless hopefully optimistic.
1: I think the forty points is going to come, like it, it's just going to be it's going to depend on what kind of game they. Get. You know, is it the same kind of game they had in 2017, where it's, where it's, you know, just massive, like massive collisions, nothing going on, you know, just just a tough break to get a score, low-scoring game. I mean, 2019 is a low-scoring game in college football. Um, or is a are they going to have a little bit of a breakout? You know, I, I could see Georgia and Notre Dame absolutely doing that, where all of a sudden. You get those games throughout the season. No matter – throw everything else out the window, you got to line up and score some points. And that's, something, that's why Nick Saban has done what Nick Saban has done over the last few years because he, he had realized that. Like, yeah, it's great to, you know, pound the rock and have this crushing defense, but you're going to come across a team that you're going to have to outscore. There's going to be a night where or a day that, that you're going to have to score, you know, 40, you know, 38, 40 points to win a big football game. Does that evolve, does something like that evolve down in Georgia? Hard to say. Georgia scores a lot in, in their stadium. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're at, but averages are like from, you know, you say 40 points a game. You know, do you score 60 against Bowling Green and, and 56 against New Mexico? And, you know, if you score 30 against, you know, or 28 against Georgia, you're still sitting there, right? You're still sitting there at 40 points. So, who who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, to me, that's less important than how many points they're scoring is more or less than how they're scoring
2: it. And and All I right. think it also it's also why we have questions about the defense, right? Because if you score twenty eight points against Georgia, well, if you have a good defense, you might win that game.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you would think, right? Like you mm-hmm. can can you hold them to twenty seven points? And I think last year's defense absolutely could. Um This defense, we're, they're going to have to answer enter the, the bell, right? Cal Hamilton pick six. There you go. <sighs> to God's ears, Cal Hamilton pick six in Georgia. In Georgia, Greg's just—he's going to be listening to this and just flipping out. Maybe, maybe we should just mention Kyle Hamilton's name like every like few minutes. Just yell it out, Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> so let's uh. Let's move away. It was it's kind of a fun day on Twitter today, a little bit. Uh, it was a, it was a good day. It was a good day. So before before we get to that, let's, let's let's actually take a quick break. That's, that's a good that's a good chance to uh, to pay the bills here. So let's take a quick break. When we come back. Uh, we're going to talk about our our good day on Twitter. Okay, we're back and we are talking about a quality day on a mediocre quality website on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> look, Jim Harbaugh said some Jim Harbaugh shit and was getting backed up by the guy who wrote down the shit. And Andy Staples, now with The Athletic, called them all out on it. And it it, it was fabulous. Jude, you want to <laughs> recap that a little bit?
0: There's a writer named John U. Bacon. He's he's got a forthcoming book uh, about uh, Michigan and the way that overtime. We, yeah, Michigan runs its its program as as far as I can tell. Um, they shared a comment from the director of recruiting. Uh, I think his name is Matt Dudek, and who was also
1: the same. Hold on, real quick. Who was okay. also the same guy that got into it with um, with Notre Dame? Was it not? Was it right?
0: Oh, there was something wasn't it yes with, uh, the, with the touring the world the the South yes. Afri- yeah with, with
1: the with the dumb petty shit so this is a it's a really petty guy anyway
0: yeah so let me see if I can call up the uh the the uh the thing that got basically set Andy off, but it was basically Matt Dudek saying no one's trying to no one's trying to do it the way Michigan's doing it no one has that that mixture of uh athletics and academics. Uh, you know, this isn't, you know, joke courses. If you're, if you're not making the grades on Monday, you're not showing up on, on Saturday or whatever. And, uh, and Andy was basically like, he just described Notre Dame. He literally just described Notre Dame. Like, how does this guy re- not realize that he, you know, <laughs> that he just, that not only did did they beat Michigan last year, so he should know them, uh, but they, but they made the playoff. Unlike Michigan who's never made the playoff. So um, you know, it was just uh and, and then Andy just like he just like I you know he got attacked from every Michigan stan on uh the internet and he was and he just, just
1: leaned right on in.
0: Yeah, he was like spot the lie basically. Um so I, I thought it I thought it was great. So um and, and to be honest with you, like look, you know, Michigan is allowed to do whatever they want recruiting wise and, and have people, you know, carry their water for them through books or through the, you know, through, uh, uh, articles or, that are favorable. And John, Johnny Bacon says, Oh, I got my credential pulled from Michigan. So I'm clearly not a homer for them, but like, I don't know, man, you let a comment like that go by and put it in your book, or I, I guess maybe it was a review of the book or whatever. Um, and you want to back that up? Like you just, you got to, you gotta you gotta understand re- reality there's like people that understand reality here, so um it was just it made to be honest with you, it made the author look a little a little silly um but
1: you know and i think it, it, more than making the author so i mean it really makes that dudedeck character look even sillier like this is a guy whose name nobody really right i mean this is a guy that's like in the shadows of the program, you know, doing the, the dirty work PR stuff, you shouldn't know this guy's name. And yet he has been so brash with his bullshit that, you know, his name being brought up was some really, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's outlandish in a way. It's like you, but it's total Michigan, right? It's like Luke Fickle would say, this is totally on brand for that pro- program. And you add into what uh, what's going on with like Harbaugh and these transfer requests now, and there was another one today that dropped that um, I I don't know the details of that one, uh, but there was another bad situation there with a transfer request. You know, this is a petty man, anyways. Uh, <laughs> Harbaugh and this dude. it's just a mad storm of, of shit. And I just thought what Andy was doing today was freaking hilarious. I mean, just completely calling them out on their BS. Yeah, and look,
0: and I give all John Harb, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, all the credit in the world if 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 what he's doing is what John U. Bacon is saying he's doing, which is that he's bringing these kids, um, their grades, you know, up their their graduation rate up, they're taking harder majors, all that or whatever. But that, but to to suggest that, um, you know, that there isn't anybody else doing what they're doing. Uh, again, again, the quote is, name another school that competes with the Blue Bloods athletically. We're talking Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, while competing with the Blue Buck Bloods academically, Stanford, Northwestern, Princeton. Most of the players we recruit are good enough to play for Alabama or Clemson and smart enough to play for Ivy League schools. If you don't win in the classroom on Monday, you won't be here for many Saturdays. Okay. Thanks, Matt. I mean, like, if you want to work for Notre Dame, like, that's a great pitch, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How have you competed with Ohio state? <laughs> I,
0: I mean, that's a low hanging fruit, you know what I mean? To, to hit them on that kind of stuff or whatever, but
1: uh, that's a, and that's what it felt like to me. Like it was so, it was teed up so well for anybody that wasn't a Michigan fan, you know, to go off on it. You got to wonder how, how good, are, how good are these guys really at their job? I mean, or, and to you, and to your point about bacon, doesn't that really say that you are a mouthpiece? I mean, you gotta be smart enough to know that you're, you're just, you know, you're a, a mouthpiece for the program, and, you know, pushing, you know, crap like that. I mean, honestly, so I just, you know. I I thought it, if you guys missed it, if anybody's listened to this, just go look at Andy Staples tweets on Twitter today. And it was pretty, it was pretty fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I, I had mentioned a couple of times, I, I mean, I'm applauding uh, as I'm doing all my shit at home and it, it was a good time. Uh, I, I enjoyed it.
0: Anytime we get a chance to dog pile on Michigan is always, is always a good time? Obviously October 26th, we'll settle this all again on the field. Um, absolutely. And
1: I, and I made sure I mentioned my Michigan prediction this year, the four and eight. Uh, so, you know, I, I put that out there as fact and, I believe it. I truly fucking believe it right now. Michigan's gonna go four and eight, y'all. You watch. <laughs> you watch.
0: That's insanity.
1: I, you got you. I, I, fortunately, fortunate for me, I had uh, a Bobby and Pat on the last podcast, and so they they weren't trying to stop me once I started <laughs> going down the <laughs> once I started going down the list of Michigan uh, Michigan schedule. Yeah, Just, uh, that's a loss. That's a loss. That's a loss. So nobody was trying to check me. And so there I am at four and eight sticking with it. <laughs> that's, that's certainly a hot take. So you could probably. I don't, uh, I don't think one. it's that hot. I don't think it's that hot. Okay. I, think it's, I think it's on point. So some other, you know, other good stuff. Look, look, something that, that I'm going to make sure I put up on the site um, this year, we, we have five road games. So, uh, but, But uh, Matt had talked about the definitive ranking of Notre Dame post game meal options, and so that had me thinking. So I had uh, Mike Rutherford over at uh, uh, Card Chronicle, SB Nation's Louisville site, had him, you know, retweet and send out to his people some of the best places to eat are Louisville. So this year, uh, something I'm adding on to our little thing there is: if you guys are traveling these games, uh, and, and some of you from around these areas, so please let me know. You know, people are going down there not just for the game, but for, you know, the weekend or whatnot. And what's better than Yelp than a, than a Twitter reaction? So <laughs> we're gonna put going to the, we're gonna put together, like, a, the best list of places to eat, uh, you know, in, in Notre Dame's uh, locations that they're going to. So that's all fine and dandy. But, Jude, I want to ask you about your thoughts on Matt's article uh, about the food in South Bend. What did you, you think of that top ten?
0: Uh, I think Matt has spent a lot of time on this, and uh, he's he's been a lot of places. Uh, it was very interesting to uh, have people kind of push back on some of this the stuff, and him say, "I've eaten at that place, or I've I've been to that place, or I've been to that multiple times at that place. I like that place." You know, um, it was important, I thought, to remember that um, we were talking about the best places after a game. After uh, a game, yes. He deviated a little bit because he did allow one in there that he said, well, they don't really have TVs, so this wouldn't be the best place. Um, and so maybe that he got himself a little bit in trouble and he picked a chain restaurant for like number four, which was like, I think Carabba's. Carabas, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, think, I think those were the the main uh, the main uh, criticisms. But he, ta- I mean, he pulled out a Chinese place I'd never heard of. And I, and, and people were saying. Oh,
1: people are, people are raving about Chen's.
0: Yeah. People are saying, oh, that's great. And also I heard somebody say, oh, Chen actually just sold the place recently and the quality hasn't been as good. Um, so, but it's, it's, that's
1: the place with no TV is Chen's.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my feeling is this getting the local flavor, getting a person who's in this area to tell you like, oh, you want Chinese? This is my place. You want Italian? This is my place. You know what I mean? You want Mexican? Oh, you got to hit the cantina. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's so valuable to, to uh, people that are coming from out of town, and you know, to be honest with you, I, I he gave me a couple ideas and that I want to try. Um, And uh, I, Brad, I thought, was- Brad,
2: how are you sitting yeah. on this list? Have you have you hit most of these spots in the South Bend? No, I really haven't. But I mean, when you talk about Chen's, like he mentioned that it was takeout, so for me, that's a great reason for that to be on that list. I can take it out and go watch football. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been to too many you, of these places. I've eaten at a Carabas before. I was surprised to see that. But I mean, Main Street Pub didn't, didn't surprise me. And Barnaby's obviously is amazing. But yeah, I mean, it, it, like Jude said, that I got to check the rest of these places out that I haven't been to. You know what's embarrassing to me, for me, I should say, is that the number two
1: slot, I've never ate Rocco's. Oh, yeah. What? I've never, I've never had Rocco's, ever. Damn. Now there is a pizza joint. Josh, here. you can so easily fix this. I don't even I, uh, understand why
0: this has gone on so long.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It, but it, honestly like when I'm like dr- somewhere around Angola. I'll think about it. Like yeah, yeah. I need to hit Roccos. And then somewhere outside of Goch or uh, outside of Elkar, it like it must leave my brain and I never ever I, I don't know why. Like for years. And the reason and a big reason why is there's a pizza joint here in town in in Hicksville. It's called Palace Pizza. Uh, their owner, Scott, who's a fantastic human being, big Notre Dame fan. And if, you, if they have weird hours and if he doesn't answer your call during hours, he'll call you back. <laughs> All right. He'll call you back, give you a discount. I mean, dude, Scott's great. It's, Palace Pizza a great place. But I always order the uh, sausage, onion, and green pepper. And he thinks it's funny because he, what was told to him years and years ago was that the best pizza to get at Rocco's was a sausage, green pepper, and onion. And so every time he's up in South Bend, he, that's when he, he goes to Rocco's and gets that. Because so, I tell him, you know, because their pizza is incredible here. He's like, oh, yeah, you got to go, gotta go up to Rocco's. I'm like, I can't. I, I know I have to go there. I know I do. I've known that for like 30 years and still have not made it there. So it's embarrassing for me to admit, but it is, it's like a staple. I mean, dude, how many times have you ate there? This is a shocking
0: et- to me as you saying you didn't actually see Hasburg when it came to Fort Wayne. I mean,
1: <laughs> that was a bad, bad scheduling <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> on my part so- <laughs> and on the place that was showing the film. That was They, they say two weeks and they really meant like,
0: they really meant ten days, yeah. I get
1: yeah, that. yeah, ex- exactly. So, yeah, I've never ate at Rocco's. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't, know. What to,
0: you know, it's so funny because some, some of these places, Rocco's and Barnaby's, probably, probably the two most. They're so wrapped up in nostalgia. Like I have very vivid memories of people that I went to birthday parties with at Rocco's, or um, how my. Uh, The girl that I was dating, her father really liked Barnaby's as an undergrad. So we always ended up at Barnaby's when he was in town and he would pay. So it was like, you know, like when you're a college kid, you were just like, yeah, I'll definitely eat Barnaby's. You know what I mean? Like, and the square pizza, I just like, I don't know. It just, there's so much of that that's steeped in, um, and just like remembrances of good times with friends. And I, and I wondered how much kind of Matt's, um, you know, take on these were sort of like the good times that he had. Um, you know, with, with buddies, you know, at some of these places.
1: Oh, for sure. Now well, let me ask you too. He has on number nine. He's got Villa McCree. Is it, isn't that actually McCready's? Is that what that is?
2: No. Isn't that
1: up there off? Or am I think? am I thinking of a different place? Cause I'm looking at this picture here and, and I, I can't remember the, lot, the, the sober time. I was never sober being at this place. So. <laughs> But it was a giant. It's a giant place that I'm thinking of. I thought it was like called McCready's over there off of um, off of Gumwood.
0: I think I think you're asking the wrong people here. I mean, uh,
1: okay, but it, so I- it's a it's a great freaking spot. It's a it's huge. It's absolutely enormous. It's got this giant viewing room. It's got this giant ball. I mean, it's it's enormous in size. In menu scope, it, they got like homemade gelato that they. I mean, they, it's a, it's a kind of a crazy place, and it looks like a place like on game day that like get that gets filled up. I mean, obviously, I'm not in a bar in South Bend on game day, um, you know, during the game, so I I, I couldn't speak to that. But uh, but I don't know if it's the same place. If it's the same place, they like I don't know. I thought the place I'm thinking of, I thought should have been on the list, maybe a little high because it was it's. It seemed like
2: a dope spot. I don't know. So I've got two more brief contributions to this topic. Um, The first being, have you guys seen the episode of Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay where they're at a pizza place in South Bend? I can't remember what the pizza place was. I'm certain it's been closed since. But it it was hilarious because it's like, and I don't know if you guys watched, gordon Ramsay on tv it's sort of a guilty pleasure of mine um (laughs) i just love it when he lays into people that suck at their jobs but there's this one episode where he's in the sports bar and there's like a brady quinn jersey on the wall and there's like a couple of priests eating (laughs) a table over and he tries the pizza and it's terrible and he walks over to the table of priests and he's like as men of god i have to tell you you've made a mistake coming here god bless you and i can't remember what the place is called I have to go watch it. It was like season four or something, but I thought that but was the pl- hilarious. But you thought, but you think the place is closed now? I am sure it's closed now. <laughs> you don't go on Kitchen Nightmares and stay open. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought it's, it's not like the the British
2: that turns it around. No, Britain's no, they, there to no. shut you down. Yeah, no, you get on TV. I think you take a paycheck, and then you sell off all of the things they decorated. they redecorated your restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you pay the mortgage for the next year. I think that's how that works. Um, and the other thing is, speaking of good places to go on campus, uh, this is actually topical and relevant to another campus. To uh, when I was in Clemson for the Clemson game in 2016, I trudged out to in in a hurricane. I trudged out to a place called the Esso Club to grab a drink, and there was a country band playing. And I just happened to be reading the news today, and I see that there was a storm in Clemson today, and the giant. Uh, the giant canopy, the giant like, you know, thing over all of the tables at the Esso Club blew away and it took two of their workers with it what storm yeah so i watched the video and there's just like these two people hanging onto ropes just like following this big canopy and i'm like god i hope they're okay and then they interviewed him and he's got like stitches over his head and he's like yeah we were just trying to save all of our hard work and i was like man i've been there (laughs) yeah you got to get that country band back and like have a benefit to buy a new canopy so that that was in the news today (laughs) And wow. that's my story for game day eats and drinks. Brad, didn't you go down to the Wake Forest game too and get some oh, Yeah. Oh my god, it was so hot. <laughs> it's like sitting in a frying pan. Did, did you eat anywhere good down there? Uh yeah, we actually did. I don't remember. There was a there was a brewery with with like a little restaurant attached to it, um, over on the east side of campus that was really good. I can't remember. It's a full it pork bar down in Carolina. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Hell yeah. you got I did. Carolina barbecue is actually one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. It's it's yeah. way up there, way over Texas.
2: Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. Texas is good, and there's no barbecue that's bad except maybe like Memphis, but yeah. <sighs>
0: Oh. Did, you read, did either one of you read? Uh, well, you didn't, uh, Brad. I know you didn't. But uh, <laughs> Josh, did you read the Matt Fortuna story about how the ACC scheduling has been so messed up that basically people that who have campuses 20 miles from each other haven't played each other in seven?
1: No, it's it's on my read list because I I just saw that maybe about I mean, really hour, about two hours ago and and I made a point to uh, to go back and read. it. I haven't read it yet.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's really fascinating. I, I won't spoil it for you, but basically. There's a lot of people scratching their heads saying, "How did we get here?" And right, alert, Notre Dame is a big part of the reason why. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just so. one more reason to hate us, right?
0: Because Duke and North Carolina, Carolina up with... North Carolina and Wake Forest that are playing a non-conference game this year, and John Swafford was like, "I'm okay with this for now. I wouldn't want to see a lot of people doing this, you know."
1: But so. they should rise up
0: against Swafford on that.
1: I mean. I think they're, they're doing it to prove a point. Like, well,
0: yeah, it, like, well, if, you get to nine, if you get to nine conference <laughs> games and you don't get to count Notre Dame as a conference game. Like this gets a little, like this gets the degree of difficulty gets a lot worse.
1: Well, the degree of difficulty, it, I mean, they're trying to figure out how to have an interesting schedule. I mean, obviously Notre Dame coming to their stadium helps them out in so many ways, but so does um, your rival 20 miles away from their camp. Exa- well, exactly. Yeah. But, I, but I, That's what this whole thing, like, you know, we, we talk about our love of being, you know, independent and all that, but you know, the nice thing about conferences are, is that these schools that are geographically close to each other with these, these built-in rivalries that go, that stretch back to elementary school, you know, are sitting right there. And for all this stuff that they're doing for, for money, this, this big business that they're, they're moving around, they're killing off the things that were great about college football. I mean, just, I mean, you know, not to wax poetic about it all, but I mean, just like having no Texas Texas a and on Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah. that that's a, that's a joyless endeavor now. Uh, you know, just uh, no, no Nebraska, Oklahoma, you know, no, it, it's a, it's a shame. I mean, it, it's a fucking shame. <laughs> it, it, A lot of things that, you know, when I, when I look, when I think of college football and I just, if I would just sit down and like be drunk or Zen, like, you know, I guess my mind is, is constantly goes back to the nineties at some point. Right. Like that's where college football, you know, entered, you know, really entered my, you know, my consciousness in my heart. Tech, so yeah, yeah. yeah, You know, that, 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 that's what brought you up. Right. So you think about that and nothing, I mean, there's so much from that era that is gone. And I understand the way the world works and, and things change and, you know, and I'm fine with that. You know, I, I've made my peace, um, you know, with with Colorado being in the Pac-12, I guess. But um, but it doesn't mean that I enjoy what's, what, what we constantly see. And I I think for a conference like the ACC, that is, you know, in, in a lot of ways struggling to find itself. You know, they, they have a national champion in Clemson. Right. And. But they're still constantly looked at as like being like less than the Big Ten, who hasn't made the the playoffs in the last couple of years. I mean, so there's a what you know, what are you doing down there? They've launched the ACC network about two hours from before we recorded, so they're pretty happy about that. But having that, having an out of conference game between ACC opponents that are only 20 minutes apart,
2: that says something. I know what the, I know what they're doing. They're playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna show up at helmets and pass. Yeah. But <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna break out a basketball.
1: They're gonna say, fuck you, Joe Tiller, this is real basketball. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and yes, this is a conference game. Screw you. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, before uh uh b- before we wrap any
1: of this up here, i, I we we have to talk about uh Pat's investigative report. <laughs> in the t- I mean, we, it, it has to be mentioned again. If you haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about with the, with Tyler Cruz and the, and the song dynamite and the conspiracy with the Royal family, I mean, you, you're missing out. <laughs> Number one, get your ass over to one foot down right now. Find those stories. they're They're on the front page right now. It's amazing. And not only that, but after the initial report, just Jude explain what happened with, with Sam Sanchez.
0: So Sam clearly had read the, the article and, and was able to um, think it's funny instead of just, you know, being, I don't know, it's possible he could have just been humorless about the whole thing. Um, so he was at a, and they call it, I think they call it orientation for the core group. And, uh, he was at the end, and he said, "Oh, you know, by the way, there was this article written about me, and and I, I guess he might have must have explained it to them for the people who hadn't read it." And he said, "You know, I think it's time to come clean." And he undid his like zipped up jacket, and he and he flashed the Union Jack T-shirt that he must have acquired from his London trip
2: all those years ago,
0: <laughs> and just basically was like, you know, I guess like just cheekily uh confirming the conspiracy which i I'm glad to use the word cheeky i don't i don't know you know look like, like, you know we were <laughs> we were poking a little fun at the band we were poking a little fun at Sam Sanchez we were poking obviously a lot a ton of fun at ourselves i mean it's like the whole thing was written like Hunter S Thompson and like you know and just had to take on an exposé about the Notre Dame band or whatever it just was just the whole thing was bonkers and for him to like lean into it was just I, I thought the best, the absolute best. And um, I hope that he enjoyed the update because um, there were definitely band people that were like, you got to know what's going on here because this is what... Like, <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know what I mean?
0: And, and God bless those people because like, look, we don't ask for inside band tips. We're not looking to blow up the band about, you know, this is the formation they're going to use or these are the songs they're going to use or someone was shit talking the Michigan band or so, anything there, like
1: that. There so is... Not- there how oh, There are some... Some very hardcore uh, Irish Guard hot takes, though, on this site.
0: (laughs) For sure. I mean, like, we're not looking to uh, to uh, to uh, embarrass the band. We just we we saw an opportunity to have some fun, and Pat just went for it. And oh my god, did he! And God bless Sam Sanchez for not for not only like being aware of it, but like reading it and just thinking it was just thinking it was good. You know what I
1: mean? Like like I said in in our group chat, like there's no way that every mem- member of the band and Sam and Sanchez didn't read an article about the band. I mean, how many t- how many articles are really written in outlets such as ours? You know what I'm saying? So I, that, yeah, I, that, I, I that, the- that doesn't surprise me, but the level of enjoyment, I think they got out of it. And obviously, because I mean, that's great that he did that. That was, I thought that was pretty awesome. I actually had the
0: pleasure of telling uh, two band members about the article then watching them look it up and being like reading it and being like this, this article, I don't even understand. Like, cause they thought it was like a legit, like one foot down is this like, you know, serious thinking, <laughs> thinking of, or like a website or whatever. And they were just like, I just, I, I, I don't even, the song, I'm not even sure we're playing this song. I'm not even sure. <laughs> You know, it was, uh,
1: if they only they only knew how drunk I was most days.
0: I was gonna say short of watching their, their body short circuit, which was <laughs> kind of amazing. So um it, you know, thank you so much to my source and to Matt Green's source um for you know f- for saying hey Red Yard Matt Green
1: former former band member who possibly could be giving us disinformation from the CIA and the royal family. So it's hard <laughs> it's it's hard to lock that down. I can barely say that with a straight
0: face. You know, thanks to all the the band members and to Sam who, uh, who, uh, you know, again, just leaned into this and, and really made this um, just a little special part. I mean, this is not an article that you will ever read on Irish illustrated. And, you know, like, look, there's, there's a place for, for for serious stories about camp and everything like that. And maybe those guys roll their eyes at this stuff, but I, I actually love this stuff. I wish Pat would write more because I would read every single one of these articles uh, his his epic oral history of the the night he went for the Long Island record at the backer is just uh to me oh, is one of the best. great.
1: and so. I talked up that that uh, Clashmore Mike article for like a month and a half that oh, and I finally sure. did I was but I, I was not disappointed <laughs> in the least.
0: It was great. it was great. it was It was very typical pat, so cheeky yeah. bastard every staff needs a pat that's what, that's what I'm just that's what I believe. So
1: and the funny thing is, you know Pat does like pat does Pat does these great these great articles, right? but then he does like the big preview, <laughs> like the actual big preview for, for for the football games and the and basketball games I was
0: gonna say, Pat is, is is the one who coordinates all of our basketball coverage, our Ben's basketball coverage. he is um he's a guy who's giving out assignments. he's a he's an editor for us. He's um, out
1: there going to weddings left and right. He's he's yeah. out there working it, man. He's living his. He's attending
0: games. So yeah, Pat can be serious when he needs to be serious, but also Pat likes to just you know not take things so seriously, and I think that's great.
1: Oh, that it, <clears throat> it's been a good time. That's what I, that's what I said. I didn't want to. I wasn't going to bomb the front page down with a bunch of, you know, half, <clears throat> I won't say half-ass articles, but you know, like la 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 la, all the stuff that happened at media days and camp all stuff that we we pretty much know uh we got we had a bunch of good we had a good week uh so if you if you're listening to this and and you hadn't been on the site lately go ahead and check it out um there was a lot of good stuff that happened this week that was pseudo football (laughs) (laughs) so um i think look we're, we're gonna wrap this up because you know like we said at the beginning of the podcast we're ready for football right we are Ready for the season to go? Uh, again, this this podcast will will have a preview and a review for each game. We don't have a set schedule. It's just gonna go like, um, kind of go with the flow, man. Just have to be on the lookout for it. Uh, but we're, we're ready to go. We're tired. We're t- everyone's tired of talking about the same stuff. I am personally very much uh, tired of talking about the same things over and over again. I'm looking for something new. And that only happens with uh, game week. So, uh, Jude, do you have anything to to shout out to close out tonight? Uh, no,
0: I don't. I don't have anything. Uh, I've been
1: nothing uh, with uh, with text.
0: I've yeah, I've been sh- I've been shaking the uh, the trees all day long for um, for, and I mentioned it before on this podcast for uh, our friend Ryan Ritter over at Her Loyal Sons. He does a, a fundraiser every year for uh, extra life campaign in memory of a little boy named Avon, who uh, we unfortunately lost uh, a battle to a uh, cancer. So um, he's been raising money for the Oklahoma, the children's hospital in Oklahoma. And um, he started off small. I think the first year he, he, gave, he was maybe like 800 bucks and uh, he considered that kind of a success. Uh, and this year so far, uh, he's, he's raised $3,655 and well on his way to a $6,000 goal. So, uh, check him out. Uh, I think it's ndtext.extralife.com, uh, for his donate page, uh, hit him up with a donation. Even five bucks goes a long way, uh, to helping, uh, kids and their parents during a very trying time for, for, for everybody. So.
1: Absolutely. And thank, thanks again for, for sharing that, uh, on the, on the podcast and on our Twitter account. Um, I know Ryan probably appreciates that a lot. And as the people that, uh, that,
2: that we're trying to help, uh, Brad, you got anything for us tonight? Oh, uh, I think what, uh, you just said and what Ryan is doing is incredibly important. I think we should all do whatever we can to support that cause and very serious about that. Absolutely. And congratulations, by the way, on your,
1: on your new job.
2: Oh, that, thank you. Uh,
1: we, we gave you the, uh, the hoo-ha before the, before we recorded the show, but, uh, Brad is, uh he's rising up in the world. Y'all he's, he's, he's about to be uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, So uh, congratulations to you. And uh, I, I know you've been working hard for the last year or so uh, really working hard and being busy. So I'm glad that uh, this is paying off for you.
2: Yeah. I appreciate that. I, uh, I applied for graduation today. So. Hell yeah.
1: Things are happening. You and Chris. Yep. That's right. You start paying back the student loans.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just just mosey right past that. <laughs> you can do what I did and defer for ten years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> eventually, some eventually
1: they want their money. Yeah, do not recommend.
2: They'll, no, they'll just
1: they'll waive it did, and I'll be fine. I and, no, I. I literally did. I deferred my payments for ten years. I do not recommend that to anybody. But I am. I, I, you know, I made the. Uh, we, we had a little, little Twitter, ch- little Twitter chat between the with the South Bend Tribune guys, and I basically told um, told Carter, I'm, I, you know, I'm like Tommy from Goodfellas, and he didn't know what I meant really because he didn't watch it, but you know, remember the scene when he's like, you know, I'm stupid like that, that, there you go, I'm stupid like that, I did it, don't recommend it, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> There goes the bank account. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so anyways, that's it for tonight. Uh, Look, I, I I hope that you guys got something from this other than just us chuckling about some stuff that's already up on our site. I, like I, like I said, just a few minutes ago, I promise you football is coming. Football is coming. Things are going to happen. Pray for better news and less broken collarbones. And, uh, and we're, we're all going to get through this uh, next couple of weeks. Uh, not even two weeks. We're, we're under two weeks now. Um, what are we, a week and a half? Are we even under? Are we like, we're just a shade over,
0: right? It's September 2nd and there's 31 days in August, right? Yeah. So uh, nine and two, 11.
1: 11, thank you.
0: I did a major You get, you get this podcast in your feed, so.
1: Yeah, you, you may listen to this Friday morning and you're feeling even better about being close. This is kind of like a, a bye week, right? So eat some cheeseburgers. Do what <laughs> you're supposed to do in a bye week. Uh, or, or go get a Popeyes chicken sandwich like everybody else is, is doing. hell, I don't know. So <laughs> for, me, for me and the rest of the tribe force, thanks for listening and uh, go Irish. Uh.